Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome into another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast, presented by Dead Soxie. I'm Neil McCready, Zach Barry of RebelGrove.com, Red Cup Rebellion with me as always. Thank goodness, because if it weren't for Zach, this would be a really short show. Probably what I would do is I would read Zach's collection of recruiting articles to you and then say, hey, thanks. Talk to you soon. Zach's been really busy, uh, a lot going on in Ole Miss recruiting. We will uh, we'll get to those topics and who knows what else here in the next few minutes. But before we do that, let me tell you about Dead Soxie. Summer has uh, certainly made its presence known here. I suspect where you are as well. Record temperatures all over the place. Now's a great time to check out the new line of Dead Soxie no-shows. Nine new styles to choose from. and You can find the style that fits your occasion. And you can use promo code REBELGROVE at checkout and receive 30% off the best dress socks you'll ever put on. Also, check out several bundle packs that are currently on sale. You can use your promo code in addition to these already deeply discounted prices at deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Make your day a Soxy one. I'm coming to you from Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for my buddy Corey Clark. Tell Corey uh, that you hope the Cubs uh, win the National League Central this year. He would appreciate that. And then ask him for a quote um, on the Ford product of your choice. You want to get a quote on an explorer, on an expedition, uh, whatever the case may be, a focus, whatever the case may be, an F-150, get a quote from Corey. He'll give it to you within 15 minutes and business hours. It's going to be right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get the quote, and the rest is absolutely up to you. You can shop that quote around. That's your prerogative. Corey doesn't mind you doing it. It's no skin off his back. Or you can do what I've done and what you might end up doing after you shop your quote around, and that is hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product. You'll love the service. Corey always says he wants to be your truck guy. He wants to be your car guy. People say, what does that mean? And my answer is always the same. Call the number, and you'll start to find out. 662-257-1900. In just a moment, Zach Barry will join me on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters on the Water is open this weekend. It's basically a big party. Every single uh, day, Wednesday through Sunday, they've got catfish platters, burgers, po'boys, shrimp. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, 3.30 to 10. Friday through Sunday, 11 to 10. Uh, newly expanded picnic-style dining area. Zydeco shrimp, crawfish egg rolls, famous house frozen margaritas. Uh, it's all there. And then you can also get curbside. You can also get uh, to go 662-712-6162. And now, speaking of the Rafters Music and Food Hotline, here is Zach Barry. Zach, how are you? Neil, I'm doing great. I don't know if you've ever uh, taken the time to uh, relish in uh, the the joy and the, the wonder that is a residential gutter system. But uh, <laughs> I caught myself out in our front yard yesterday 
just gazing upon the brand new gutters that we have. And uh, man, I tell you that if that's not 32, I don't know what is. Did y'all get a lot of rain yesterday? We did. Uh, so we we have we, we've had a lot of work done on the house during during quarantine. So we had the the back patio screened in, and uh, we redid the front porch. And then I just said, while we're at it, we need to get these gutters replaced because they were old. They're from you know whenever the house was built or renovated, whatever. So I was like, well, we need to go ahead and get this done because it's I, I don't want you know excess rainwater to ruin the work that we had just had done. Um, Man, it is uh it's nice. I, I don't remember the actual technical term, but they use I guess the the way they the screws or whatever that they use to get the I guess the gutters essentially are part of the house. They're not hanging off the house. They're essentially, you know, they've become the one with the house, the gutters have. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's a nice smooth, clean look. Um we actually, yeah, it the bottom fell out yesterday, and it was just raining sideways. And man, those downspouts were working overtime. Let's get to the scandal of the day. Um, okay. Rumors of a Nashville-based South Carolina booster, um, possibly getting involved in the delay of a commitment from a wide receiver in in Alabama. I, I hate to give names here and and upset a lot of people, but. I'm told that you're familiar with the situation and that you're fairly close to it. And I was wondering if you might be able to update the uh, the, the listeners on on uh, Gamecock Gate. You could say like there's a a uh, a figurative wall between me and the source here. Um, Malachi Bennett was supposedly supposed to announce on uh, Friday, chose not to, chose to back away from that. Um, I don't think anything has really changed. And uh, just kind of looking at his future cast percentage, it is still 100% Ole Miss. So he just uh, enjoyed the gift from the Nashville-based South Carolina Could have been. Booster, and when that's over, he'll, could, he'll yeah, make a decision. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to – maybe we could get a, a tracking number for uh, maybe the gift that was, that was given, maybe uh, the last four digits of uh, – you know, maybe a money order that was maybe handed off. I don't know. But, yeah. Um, That's scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In all seriousness, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't think anything has really changed. I, who knows, man? Kids change their mind. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he had a commitment video made and he didn't like it. Maybe he's reaching back out <laughs> to somebody else. I don't know. As crazy um, as that sounds, that is absolutely, that is absolutely as good of an explanation as any that he had a, he had yeah. a commitment video that was ready to go and he was not pleased with it and got is getting someone else to do it and they said hey dude i'm gonna need three weeks <laughs> I mean, that's certainly yeah. possible well there's uh yeah there's several <laughs> there are several uh you know quote-unquote famous um you know designers on twitter who do graphics for uh for recruits yeah and they're and, and no joke they get backed up i mean that is the god's honest truth yeah, and they'll make they'll make good money. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, uh, schools will do a lot of it for them, but uh, you know, there's some guys that have you know carved out. I don't know if they actually make any money, but um, you know, maybe they do. But these are fellow teenagers who are out there and they want something cool to to tweet out. And um, 
maybe that's what happened. And then maybe Malachi had like a cousin or a friend from school that was like, no, nah, man, like I can do this for you. Like, let me do it. And it's, you know, it's one of Malachi's good buddies. Maybe it's his, his uh, a really close relative. Um, and Malachi was like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll let you do it. Man, who, maybe they did it and Malachi saw it and he was like, man, this is ugly as shit. So maybe that's why he delayed it. And he's trying to reach out to one of those professional graphic designers to uh to get a graphic for his commitment so for now i like i said his future cast is still 100 percent old miss i uh i suppose that south carolina is still working him hard uh bobby bentley and and will muschamp and the staff over there are probably staying in contact with him telling him you know hey man like you know you got some time like take take a breather uh but yeah for now i don't think anything has changed but uh yeah, not sure when he will announce, but for now, it's uh, he's still uncommitted. Okay. Uh, all right, it, it kind of leads into my next question. I've got a couple of themes I want to get your thoughts on. One, okay. one Ole Miss continues to add to its uh, transfer roster. Right. Lane Kiffin talks a lot. It's interesting. I, I, find, I find this – and a lot of this is because – People here are used to, and this is not a knock on on Houston Nutt or Hugh Freeze or Matt Luke, but I think they're used to a lot of coach speak Mm -hmm. where you have to read between a lot of lines and, you know, and realize that sometimes it's just words that are full of uh, sound and fury but signify nothing. And again, it's just coach speak. It's just what it is. Um, Lane Kiffin doesn't do a lot of coach speak. Lane Kiffin sort of answers If you ask a question, he answers it. And he's talked about how he's going to build his roster sort of NFL style. Transfers and uh, grad transfers, and obviously signings and stuff like that. They're going heavy on the transfer thing. Some who are eligible immediately. Some like uh, Deontay Marks who transferred, announced his transfer uh, last night, who I would assume would have to sit out this coming season, assuming that there is one, mm-hmm. please, please God, um, you know he'll be eligible in in twenty twenty one. I know that Ole Miss is. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're still waiting on on a word for on Otis Reese. As of now, I don't think he could play this year. Uh, the same with Jake Springer. I think Tavius Robinson has to wait a year. Um, so I so I'm waiting on clarification on that. I think the two Canadians will be eligible because their seasons oh, were. You know what? Canceled. You're right. You're right. I stand corrected, okay, and okay. I, I'm glad we ran through this. But they're they're okay. adding a lot of transfers, and it's my opinion, and I hope it doesn't come to this. This is simply an opinion. It's my opinion that people say, "What happens if there's a canceled season?" Or, and this is even more likely, what happens if? more conferences like the Sun Belt is expected to announce that hey we're not going to play. Like I know they just pushed it back a couple of weeks but they're not going to play. What happens if the Pac-12, this would be the one that could create chaos. Mm-hmm. What if the Pac-12 announced we just can't play? All those kids at Pac-12 schools, Power 5 schools, say what you want about the Pac-12. There's a lot of talent in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. If a lot of those kids said Hey man, I mean, ideally I'd rather play at Arizona. That's where I signed. Or ideally I'd rather play at USC. That's where I signed. Ideally I'd rather play at Washington. That's where I signed. But 
I can't because they're not playing. I need to play. I'm going to transfer to one of these other Power 5 leagues that are playing. If that were to happen, Ole Miss is one of those schools that has spots available. Absolutely. A, a lot of spots. And I, I think it's one of the things to watch for potentially. Now, that's, that's kind of way out there. But they're showing a penchant towards going after transfers. I mean, they've gone after a lot of transfers that they didn't get. That's my opinion. And they've landed, yeah. a, bu- they've landed a bunch of transfers. It tells me they are really scouring that market with kind of a fine-tooth comb. Yeah, I, I'll say that a couple things. So, for me, it looks like that they're now they're obviously still recruiting for the twenty twenty one class. There's no doubt about that. They're thoroughly vetting and looking at film and making sure that they're taking people that they think are quality players who can contribute to the Ole Miss program for three to four years. But they are also going to take playmakers any way, any shape, any form. They can get them regardless of 2021 class, transfer, Canada. Um, it doesn't matter. So I think you can see with how they're – I posted about it this morning, the names that they're, that they're getting. You, know, you mentioned Otis Reese, who is a borderline five-star coming out of high school, signed with Georgia. They went and got – you know, the two guys, Tavius Robinson, Dean Lillard from Canada, two guys that played a lot of football out there, were starters, were all-conference type players, and um, LSU wanted Tavius Robinson, almost seemingly beat at Orcheron for him, and then Dean Leonard was starting to hear from a lot of Power 5 schools before he ultimately picked to, uh, or, or chose, I should say, to join with, uh, with Ole Miss, with Terrell Buckley, Chris Partridge, and uh, DJ Durkin doing a great job there. But then, you know, you add a guy like Jake Springer, who was an all-AAC performer at Navy, who made a ton of tackles. I think he's going to be a big-time playmaker on Ole Miss's defense next season. And then now you get a guy like Deontay Marks, who uh, red-shirted at Florida, but good size, 6'2", close to 180, probably 185 now, um, was a very, 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 very productive player in 8A football in Florida. Um at, at Deland High School, so that they're getting guys any way that they can right now. It may not be the flashy four or five star guy in the twenty twenty one class, but they're I think right now their focus is just getting playmakers, getting guys they think that can contribute in any way. Yep. And they're not going to care where they're from. Like I know it sucks and look, we've talked about it on the show, Neil, for weeks now. I would love for them to be reeling in four and five stars. That would make my job more fun. It would make everybody's, you know, trip to the message board more fun to sit there and just revel and, oh man, Partridge got him another one. That's the sixth five star. They, you know, that would be great. Yeah, I don't know that. that, I just don't know that that's. Yeah, I just don't know that that's realistic given the current set of circumstances. Yeah. Well, not with COVID, but that's my point. Yeah, Neil, you're you're still coming off three years of mediocre football. Under the Matt Luke, you know, tenure, and well, in the last year of the and the last year of the freeze deal was, I mean, Hugh gets a pass on it because people forget yeah, why? it. Why, why does he get a pass on? That? I don't. I, we could, you know, yeah. one day, one day I <laughs> no, might get you on an Oxford Exxon podcast because I think it would be a better forum than than this, and we could really go through the whole. I mean, 
I mean, here, here's the synopsis of, of my, 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 my theory, and then we can dive into it on a, on a, a podcast. Okay. We'll, we'll, we, won't, we won't stray from recruiting here. My theory is there's no bigger shame on multiple levels, okay? Multiple levels. There's no bigger shame than Hugh Freeze didn't have to coach that 2017 team. Yeah. The so one he could that, have sat there and just took just taken it all to the face. Because it's my belief, and I'm not alone here, and this is not me ripping on Hugh. Hugh and I, we have a really weird relationship. I I, I wish no ill will on Hugh Freeze. I don't think he wishes any on me. I, I, there's not a lot of there's a, a there's a misunderstanding. I think I don't you, think he understands. Tweet and ask him, Neil. I could, but I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to get <laughs> off Twitter. Um, you know, I I I don't think he understands why I feel the way I feel. I've tried to tell him, um, but it doesn't matter. It's okay. We're grown men, and it's okay. I mean, yeah, I, yeah it's okay. I, I have no ill will towards Hugh. I really don't. But it's my opinion that had Hugh Freeze had to coach that 2017 team, it was going to quit on him. In a way that, in fairness, it did not quit on Matt Luke. I think it was going to quit on Hugh Freeze. I believe that. Now, maybe they would have been coached a little differently because I think Hugh would have taken the offense away from Phil Longo. And so maybe some things would have been a little different. I don't know. But it's my opinion that that season was going to get squirrely. I'll tell you this, I don't know that that Hugh would have had Jordan Tamu as ready, in fairness, as Phil Longo had him. Yeah. So there's a lot there, but it's my opinion that that team would not have beaten um, Kentucky. Probably wouldn't have beaten Mississippi State because I don't think they would have played hard in that game. and I don't. So I don't think the Fitzgerald injury would have mattered. And had they gone 4-8... and eight, he would have been fired for football reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In addition to all the other stuff, NCAA, all that stuff, they would have been able to negotiate a much lower buyout. I know he got nothing. They would have negotiated a really small buyout and moved on. Matt Luke would never have gotten the job. They would have gone out and conducted a coaching search. Yeah. And it would have been in the midst of sanctions and all of that stuff. And I don't know who they could have gotten. But I think they could have avoided a lot of things and had a clean break. And I don't think there would be that element of the fan base. And it's really small now. But it was persistent in Matt Luke's two full seasons mm-hmm. that hung on to a romantic view of the freeze years. Because there's absolutely no doubt that from 2012 through 2015, four seasons, Hugh Freeze had Ole Miss football fun again. Yeah, can't absolutely. take can't take that away from him, and I won't. But it deteriorated at the end of 2016. It really oh, did. It, there were signs. It, People forget they lost by five touchdowns to a Mississippi State team that entered that stadium that night at four and seven. Mm-hmm. Five touchdowns at home in Oxford. Against a Mississippi State team that was four and seven entering the game. Yeah, they they made them look seven and four. Yeah, yeah. It I mean, was not a good state team. No, it was not a good state team. It was a state team that was playing out the string. They ended up getting an APR bowl. 
But yeah, but come on, those kids, those kids were not. Yeah, they played hard, and they played harder and harder as the game went on because it became obvious that they had a shot to blow Ole Miss off the field. Right. But let's be real about it all. Yeah. And so you I, mentioned that's so that's my that's that's kind of my my thing about where where the program was. It's been the end of the 2015 season since Ole Miss had momentum as a program, and even then there were NCAA things hanging over them. Yeah. It's really the the program, honest to God, has had no momentum whatsoever on the field or really away from the field, excluding the Kiffin hire, has had no momentum whatsoever since the day that Pat Forty broke the story about the second NLI. So January, late January of 2016. It's four plus years. That's a long time in this league to have no momentum. You know, you mentioned the Kentucky game. We actually uh, some cross promotion here, real quick. We we rewatched that last night with Demarcus Gates, and I had forgotten how fun that game was. It was a it was a joy to rewatch it. But also, you mentioned Phil Longo and Jordan Tiamu. Aside from a couple head scratchers on some short yardage, uh, offensively, Ole Miss did about as well as they could have in that game, and they they won, obviously, but. Um, I mean, hell, at one point in the first half after a touchdown, I think it was Van Jefferson caught one over the middle. I mean, Tiamu was like 12 for 14 for like 140. And, you know, it it's a weird, weird thing with Phil Longo and that offense. And I know the defense didn't help and the red zone issues. But, man, Neil, and, and you, you were there. You saw it in person every game. When they had it going, they had it going. I mean, they were, they were working Dawson Knox in that game. You had A.J. and D.K., Van was still there. He hadn't left for Florida yet. You had um, uh, Devon Penniman pre-injury was running the ball really well. Uh, it was it was a it was a fun rewatch. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's where I give credit to Freeze. He he recruited really well for several years on one side of the ball. But anyway, there was just, my point is is that when Kiffin takes over the program, I think people expect this as we get back into recruiting. I was kind of going full circle here. He takes over a program that doesn't have momentum. It's coming off the NCAA stuff, but it also hasn't had on-field momentum. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, in the last four years, it's the biggest win for Ole Miss. What is the biggest win? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's what, Georgia 2016? Yeah. What's the biggest win since then? Ugh. It has to be the win in Starkville. Yeah, and, and that, that's a, and that's a win that you can you can very quickly explain away. Yeah, it was a. Um, I mean, Dan Mullen coached that game knowing he was leaving, and Nick Fitzgerald broke his leg in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been dark times. So I mean, last year their biggest win was was what Arkansas, an Arkansas team that hasn't won an SEC game since winning in Oxford in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Probably Arkansas or Vandy, just because of the the offensive output from the running backs in that game. But I rest my case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there, you can't <laughs> point to anything. So it's. I mean, it's just you know. So so he's got to. To your point, he's got to get playmakers so that the program can start to look different and feel different. Mm-hmm. And you know, people go, "You guys," because I get this every week. They go, "Hey, Neil, you and Zach are making excuses." 
And this is where I, I come back to what I said on the Oxford Exxon podcast yesterday. I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make excuses. People say, well, you know, Sam Pittman at Arkansas is not having problems. Yeah, but Sam Pittman has a different strategy. Mm-hmm. And his and hey, and, and and as I said yesterday, his strategy might be the right one for, for the Razorbacks. It might not be. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you Sam Pittman's going to be a disaster at Arkansas. How can anybody say that? I can't say that today. I also can't say that he's going to be a, a, a big winner at Arkansas. I can't say that. I don't know enough about what Leach is or is not doing at Mississippi State, other than getting himself in trouble on Twitter. It's it's hard for me to it's hard for me to see what, what it is that they're doing. So I'm I'm not going to even compare them. Elijah Drinkwitz at Missouri. People say, well, his ranking is higher. It is. They have a totally different philosophy than the one that Ole Miss is is trying to incorporate. Is is what Drinkwitz doing? Is it the right thing at Mizzou? I don't know. Is it the wrong thing? I don't know. Is it going to work? I don't know. Is it going to fail? I don't know. You 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 don't know yet. And, and the, so the same thing applies to Ole Miss. The same just, thing applies to Ole Miss. They have a strategy. Yeah. They have a plan. Is it going to work? I don't know. Is it for sure going to work? No. Is it for sure going to fail? No. Is he going to win big at Ole Miss? I don't know. Is he going to lose big at Ole Miss? I don't know. We don't know. And that's hard for people in this era of you have to have an answer right now. Yeah, instantaneous. I need to know. I, I, I want it now. Um, I mean, you you look at the numbers, and okay, Florida State new staff they have fourteen commits. Missouri they're at eighteen. They have eighteen commits right now. Um, you know, all these new staffs are they have different philosophies, they have different strategies, they have different ways about get. You know, Florida State is a unique one because Florida State is in the state of Florida. Yeah. And the high and, school and Mike talent. Norvell's really good, man. Yeah, I mean, right now they've got their top commit from Jacksonville. They've got another guy from Florida. They've got let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six of the fourteen are from Florida. That helps a lot. Sure. Now they're going. They got Altmyer. He's from Starkville, Mississippi. They got a, a Hunter Washington, a guy that Ole Miss wanted. From Katy, Texas, they they've gone elsewhere. Now I'm not taking anything away from Florida State, but almost half of their commits are from the state of Florida. Who are that's a really really good high school football state, probably one of the best. Um, but look, man, it's just weird right now. Auburn's at 36 in the rankings. They only have 10 commits, so clearly Gus is operating differently right now. I mean, you can continue to to work down the list. I mean, you've got um. Uh, let's see. All the pow- notable Power Five schools that are down at the bottom with Ole Miss: Texas Tech, Purdue, Utah, Colorado, TCU, Stanford. All of these programs have different strategies. They want to go about it differently. So, and I know that transfers can't be factored into rankings but you have to also have some some nuance and some context here and realize that these guys are essentially added to this recruiting class so yeah long 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 long-winded it sucks that they're not recruiting at a better rate at a better clip but uh 
I don't think it's time to panic yet, like we said last week. So yeah, it's not time. Just, it's not time to panic, and it's not time to. It's like I said, it's time to just be honest about where where the deal is right now with the pandemic, and say we don't know yet. This is yeah. this went from being, and people hate this, and they hate it because we did this with Matt Luke, and it didn't make it less true. People would say, well, you know, Matt Luke, man, year one was year one. If you, I don't want to go back into the Luke thing. Luke, Luke's Luke is only guilty of one thing, and that's taking a job that was offered to him. Um, this has gone from being year one to year zero, and I think you sort of see them transitioning towards that by taking as many transfers as they're taking. Mm-hmm. They're kind of going, hey, you know what? Let's just let's we can't do anything about it. They can't make a pandemic go away. They can't make the NCAA come off the the dead period restrictions. Realistically, I mean, as of today, if you were predicting today, realistically, there will not be any official visits in this in this cycle. There's not going to be any live recruiting in this cycle. That's realistic right now. Now, maybe the virus dies off over the course of the next couple of, of months and December, January, they kind of open it up and they let people recruit and they let some in-person stuff happen. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. That would be awesome. I'd be thrilled. But if you're going to entertain that possibility, I think you have to entertain the possibility that, yeah, it's not going to happen this particular cycle, that it's going to be the spring, the 2022 class, before they are allowed in-person evaluation and in-person visits. I, I think that's... That's a possibility as well. And so I, I think you see them pivoting a little bit in, in what they're doing on the recruiting trail. Sure. Let me ask you this. We're talking about transfers, <clears throat> and we've mentioned Georgia a couple times on this on this podcast here. Why is somebody like Otis Reese, <clears throat> who is transferring, how is his eligibility for 2020 up in the air not yet determined, yet JT Daniel – Mixed yeah. his way to Athens, and it was just instantaneous. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, how does that work? I don't know. I don't, I don't know the details behind either one of them. Other than what is, what has always been interesting to me is, it, it to me it's the it's the one area with one of the areas where the NCAA just has no credibility. It their their choices just seem random. There was a basketball player last year that had transferred to Alabama that that. Uh, from all accounts, had a very compelling argument for instant um, eligibility. He never got it. and Instead, he was basically left to just hang in the breeze. They, I don't know why their decisions are as arbitrary as they seem to be. If, if it's political, if it's favoritism, I can't rule any of those things out. I can't rule them in either. I, it, it's... It's a failure on their part, and it is a consistent annual failure on their part to have a consistent standard. And it's why, man, it's why, I, and I know coaches don't like it. Mm-hmm. I'm for a one-time, no transfer. I mean, one-time, no penalty transfer. And if you transfer a second time, no matter the reason, you sit a year. You make the rules uniform. And that way, nobody ever has to go. Hey, there's favoritism, and people go, "Well, that's you're going to have a whole lot of a whole lot of uh, tampering." Yeah, you got a whole lot of tampering now. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, it's it's like some of the stuff out of Congress yesterday where the Congress people were like, you know, we, we cannot have a bidding war for, for, for high school athletes. <laughs> and you're like, come on, man. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Sir. Welcome uh, to Earth. Yeah, I don't. I I know that you're up here in D.C. and you're you're in Congress, and maybe you're not paying attention to college football, and yeah. that's good because you you've got bigger things to, to to handle. But that that's already a problem. Yeah, you know, Neil, the real tampering is what's going on in Congress. Am I right? <laughs> well, so I, I'll I'll throw this at you. Why does the NCAA care? If a kid wants to transfer somewhere, why not just make them immediately eligible? Why does it matter? Well, I mean, the, the, because they're hanging behind that. If we if we turn this, if we do that, it's going to create free agency. Well, it, and and it, but I know, and I realize it already is. I realize that, but NCAA very clearly, to its credit, is being transparent right now in Congress. They're not using the words, but if you have a lick of sense, <laughs> you see it. They are right. fighting fighting tooth and nail to hang on to some semblance of control in a in an in a cha- in an era where things are changing quickly mm-hmm. where people are are you know the the players are are beginning to at least flirt with the idea I think of of unionizing down the road I'm not saying that's a good thing I'm not saying it's a bad thing I'm just saying it's a thing yeah and and where uh where you know, players are very clearly trying to cash in on name, image, and likeness, and it's going to happen. And the NCAA wants to control that function, even though they they've proven in the past they can't. And there's a lot of schools, and Ole Miss is one of them, that worries about name, image, likeness. Yeah, I mean, don't. Let's not pin this all on the NCAA. There's a lot of schools out there that are like, man, I don't, you know, we we don't want to have to um, handle this. It's a lot to handle. I mean, can you imagine? And all all jokes aside, for a moment, at a program like Alabama, the people that will, you'll have to hire for the manpower you'll have to hire to oversee <laughs> name, image, likeness. Yeah, they've got this quarterback coming in, uh, uh, Bryce Young. Uh, respected football people say better than Tua. He's good. Can you imagine Bryce Young for two and a half seasons at Alabama? The number of people that would want, because apparently he's a pretty good kid too, the number of people, that businesses that would want his, his name, his likeness, his image attached to their product. Not a bad uh, strategy. Now, my only thing, my only hope on that this, and and it's what I really hope for. And it, it, the in in fairness, the NCAA wants this too. Let's say that that you Zach Barry are the quarterback at South Carolina because I know that's where a booster close to you would want you to go. You're the quarterback at South Carolina, and um, you sign a deal with, you know. East Columbia Ford. Okay. I want that deal public. I want it to be public record. I don't want it to be under the table. I I, I want people to go, okay, Zach Barry, the quarterback at South Carolina, is getting $2,000 a month to endorse East Columbia Ford. That's what he's getting. 
And I want you and, and, and you need to pay taxes on that. Okay. I mean that's that's where I think a lot of people want college football that they want everybody to understand it. It, 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 it. If we're gonna if you're gonna have name image likeness that's going to happen the way that it's about to happen, let's let's do it where it's a learning thing for athletes too. Where you understand that, hey, and if, if you're Zach Barry and you're getting this two grand a month or whatever from from East Columbia Ford and then you get busted for uh, you know, distributing steroids from your apartment. And mm-hmm. they're probably going to drop you. Yeah. That's the real world. That's the real world. It's a, and and it's then a the teaching moment. It's a teaching moment and then it's an opportunity for people to understand about taxes. Hey man, yeah. if you, you the, the more you make, the <laughs> trust me, the more you pay. And yeah. and uh, you know, there's 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 a lot there. So it's a it's a real it's a real time of transition in college athletics. We just went on. That's my fault on this tangent forever nah, on on the Reese thing. I, I don't. The answer is I don't know. Yeah. And if I'm Ole Miss right now, I don't know. I'm sure you'd. I'm sure you'd like for him to play this season. But the, it's very clear beyond a shadow of a doubt, the 2021 season is going to be far more important for Ole Miss than the 2020 season. Right. I mean, this season's all about just getting TV money at this point. Now this is now this is a good segue here because it's from one topic to another, but they're intertwined. Um, I'll say this, Neil, and and you actually seem to agree with me as yesterday on the live show. If if uh, hypothetical Zach Barry's uh, name image likeness is up for sale, if it's going to anybody, it's going to Boulder, Colorado, and to the Colorado Buffaloes because that's where I would go to college. Yeah, I had never seen. I've never been to Boulder. I've been to Denver. I've never been to Boulder. I highly recommend going to Boulder. That is gorgeous. I also do not encourage you to look at how much real estate costs there. Yeah. It's very, it's very saddening because I would love to live there. It is a fantastic place. But apparently you're not alone. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. It's That place is it's awesome. Folsom Field is really cool. Uh, the campus layout is fantastic. They've got a nice little town square. I mean, it is... Seriously, if I was a recruit and I took a visit there, it'd be hard for me not to not to choose Colorado, regardless of college football program prestige and trophies, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that place is awesome. Um, but speaking of uh, Colorado and the Pac-12, uh, a little bit of breaking news here, Neil. Uh, the Pac-12 is apparently... So this is per... John Wilner of the Mercury News. Yeah, yeah, out in California. I know who that is. Yeah. So they are plowing forward with plans for a 10-game conference-only schedule. The Pac-12 is. Yes. So the official announcement with weekly matchups is expected no later than the end of next week. Um, That's great news. Yeah, that's really good news. So they were – he started out by saying, pegged by many in college football as the conference most likely to cancel its fall season. They are now moving forward with plans for a 10-game conference-only schedule. They apparently have uh, three different dates for a uh, conference title game. Uh, so the fi- so the, here it is. The final version to be unveiled next week will require approval by presidents and chancellors. It is expected to include the following. A 10-game regular season with each team playing its division opponents in five crossover games. The conference has nine game schedules ready and could switch to that model if the presidents prefer a more conservative approach or if public health circumstances dictate a change. 
Um, season openers have been scheduled for September 19th or what would have been week three on the original 2020 calendar. Uh, they get at least two bye weeks or built into this lineup, creating windows for games that cannot be played as scheduled. Um, and then the Pac-12 championship at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas could be played on any of three weekends. Uh, it was originally scheduled for Friday, December 4th, and that remains an option under a best-case scenario. Um, so then they could push it back to the 11th, 12th weekend, or 18th, 19th. Included in that story, and I just pulled it up, he, he says the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 are working on plus models by which they play a full slate of conference games and at least one non-conference mm. opponent. I mean, this is... Great of, news. It's great news. I was told yesterday afternoon, don't rule out a 10-game season. And yeah. I, was, I was like, how do they get that? Because I don't think SEC teams are going to play 10 SEC games. Although... Certainly could happen. I, the good news is this: as much negativity as is out there, and as much, many comments as were made in Congress and that kind of thing, from talking to people around the league, the sentiment a week ago was was bad. The sentiment today, mm-hmm. as of Thursday, July the twenty third, ten twenty two a.m. Central Daylight Time, cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I think you've seen, not everywhere, and look, it's certainly still prevalent in a lot of big cities, and it's not anywhere close to being, you know, I guess kept in check, but a lot of the bigger cities, including Nashville here, uh, put mask mandates out, and I think that slowly people are starting to see numbers go down in terms of hospitalizations, positive Cases, blah blah blah. Yeah, um, and I, I'm, you, this is where you and I probably have a little political disagreement. I, I, I think that is happening. I, I think it's more of a natural curve. And and look, I wear a mask. I'll wear a mask. Yeah, I'll, I'll wear a mask forever. I, I, scientifically, it's 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 there's. We could argue this for days. It doesn't matter. Wear wear your mask if it if it if it helps us get to a place. Forget sports for a minute. If wearing the mask makes people feel better, where we can start getting back into schools and things like that, that's what we need to do. Yeah, and I think it's also more of wearing a mask and being socially distant where more businesses are putting, you know, protocols and putting things in. You have to stay six feet. um, And then, then, you know, hey, if people are not comfortable wearing a mask or they don't want to, they're not going out. So that's taken out. Well, and and the other thing, yeah, contract it or pass it on to someone else. So it's and the testing is working. the, The testing is way up. We're testing a lot of people, and so people who have it are are quarantining. I mean, I, I realize at the beginning our testing was awful. It was awful, and I get it. And I'm not, this is not a Trump thing. I'm not defending Trump. I'm not attacking Trump. I'm really not. But the testing's better now. I mean, there's a lot of testing out there. If you want to get tested, but to prove it, it's hard to get results right now. What's What's lacking is the ability to get your results quickly. But to go right. get a test, yeah, lots of you can go get a test. I mean, it's it's that's not. There was a time when this thing started that there were people who needed to get a test that couldn't get a test. Now you can get a test. Right. I'll say this, Neil, and we can move on from the from this topic because this isn't recruiting. I, this isn't a political thing for me. This is a college football thing for me. If I'm being quite honest, yeah, I, I'm I'm going to do whatever the city asks me to do if it's going to improve the health and well being of others around me. And then in doing so improves the health of the entire country to where we can sure. kind of help everything 
dissipate and to where we can start to get back to normal, a.k.a. have a 2020 football season so you and I don't lose our minds. Yeah, and our jobs. So this, um, yeah. this, isn't, this isn't a Trump thing. This isn't a Biden thing. This is just me trying yeah. to no, do, it, do my part. Well, and so I've told you, on. I've told you where I've come on this for a while now. It's, it's. Look, I want there to be a season. I need there to be a season. Um, but more than that, I need kids to go back to school. My kids need to go back to school, and if my kids need to go back to school, a lot of you guys out there, your kids need to go back to school too. Um, they do. They they. Last night, Campbell, our oldest, said, "I just want to go back. If I have to sleep on the streets, I just want to go back." I just want to go back. I mean, that's where her it's where her friends are. That's where her life is. Young people, young people cannot replace on Zoom the stuff that they're missing from school. Right. It can't be done. And I, we can argue this with people till you're blue in the face. It's amazing to me how many people who are either oh, we just can't send kids back to school don't have kids. It's amazing to me how many are or their kids are are are, are old and done out of school or they're 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 really really small and they're not in school yet you when you take socialization away from a fifth grade kid you 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 take a lot away and 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 this it does i'm not getting on my soapbox it doesn't work i've watched it it didn't work and if it didn't work in my house it's not working in a lot of houses now there's a lot of people that that are better off than me and maybe it worked better for them but if if you if you are in a small cramped house and there's a lot of people in that in that boat and parents are having to work or having to figure out day, daycare or, or, or that kind of thing, and your Wi-Fi is shaky or you don't have Wi-Fi, it's not, it's not doable. It's simply not doable. And to pretend that it works, and that's what we do, we pretend that it works so that we can get the days in and the tax dollars and all that stuff, to pretend that it works is absolutely criminal. It does not work. And I keep waiting for someone in, in education to simply say, hey, look, but they kind of did in Madison. In fairness, we're just going to push it back a little bit. I mean, we're going to wait. We're not ready to go back now. It's not safe for us to go back now, and that's what the medical people tell us. But we're not going to start this right now because it doesn't it doesn't work. Cool. I I got. Hey, if you tell me we're we're not going to start the school year until January, I'm going to say that sucks. But it's better than we're going to start the school year and do the most critical months of the school year, which are in the fall. Because the spring is more review and getting ready for these state tests and all that stuff. If you're going to take the learning years of the school system and put them online, you are doing a criminal disservice to kids. Yeah. All right. Last thing uh, before we before we roll, we haven't talked. We haven't talked to kickers. We also have not talked to LB's meat market, which. Uh, when you're in a bad mood or you're in a bad place or you just need to get away or if you're like me and you have gotten a sous vide as a gift and the sous vide has become your favorite toy, a trip to LB's, man, is awesome. It will cheer you up. You have to wear a mask. That's okay. But you still get to go in. The mask might actually save you money because if you could smell everything in there, you might just buy everything. But um, Neil, I'd, I'd wear a full hazmat suit to get LB's. I would too. No, absolutely. No doubt. Um, it's 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. You don't have to wear a hazmat suit. You have to wear a mask, but you can go in. Greg Jones is there. They've got plate lunches Monday through Friday from 11 to 2.30. Fresh prime cuts, in-house made sausages, fresh Gulf seafood, uh, the double bone pork chop. I can't tell you how good it is. It's so good. Um, drop that puppy in a sous vide at about 130 
take it out, sear it real good. Mm. Yum. Oh, chicken, um, bone in ribeyes, everything, whatever you, the, the, uh, lane train fillet specials, bacon wrap fillets. Fantastic. So whatever you're, whatever you're looking for, you can get it at LB's if you're in a hurry or if you just don't feel comfortable hanging out in a place right now, that's okay. It's okay. Call the number 662-259-2999. Tell Greg what you want. He'll have it packaged up for you and everything. You can get in, get out, feel safe, and still enjoy all of the fresh cuts from LB's Meat Market in Oxford. All right, last thing, Zach. Let's talk uh, kickers. Kickers in the news uh, this week. Jack Tannehill uh, decommitted from Ole Miss. They uh, committed the, uh, I can't remember his first name, Costa from Mandeville. Caden. Caden. It's a really cool name. Caden, yeah. Caden Costa. You uh, want to talk about, you want to talk about name, image, and likeness. Yeah. Caden could get a deal with some, uh, with Costa Del Mar. Oh. How about that? He probably would like that. Quite fratty, as they say. <laughs> yeah, it would be. So, um, I, I don't want to. We, we dove into the politics of it all, and it's not fair to the kid. Um, it, it's just not. It just, but whatever. Um, what did you What did you take from the decision from a football standpoint? So, looking at the film, looking at how he can kick a football. It appears that the decision was fairly easy. Uh, I don't. I can't comment on what Jack Tannehill wanted to do. I think it was simply, in my opinion, I don't have this. This is not sourced, or I have not talked to anyone. This is just my opinion. I think, I think that Lane Kiffin and his staff just wanted to have their own kicker. They wanted to find their own kicker. They they didn't recruit Jack Tannehill, and that's not saying that Jack is not capable of kicking. He's a very good, accurate kicker. Um, I just think that Blake Gideon um, had been in contact with Caden. I, I spoke with Caden yesterday, and he told me that he and Coach Gideon had been talking for a couple months now, just kind of keeping in touch. And uh, he had started to get some offers. And uh, when Gideon reached out to him about, you know, hey, we're going to, you know, submit an offer to you, uh, he essentially committed on the spot. And, I, I mean – Going to these kicking camps, uh, he, I believe, I can't remember the name. I think it was the Hammer Kicking Academy or Hammer Kicking Camp. Uh, he had a kickoff that was over 76 yards, like almost uh, close to four and a half seconds hang time. That's pretty good, uh, last time I checked. Um, and just watching the the mechanics in him kicking field goals on tape, uh, just booting 40-plus yard field goals from the ground pretty easily. So, um, and now all these kicking camps, they do it with actual holders. They're not doing it from a tee or doing it from the tripod tee that holds the ball. They're actually using, you know, doing real snap and hold. So simulating a game type atmosphere. Uh, I think it's a fantastic pickup. He's a, the number seven kicker in the country per uh, Chris Saylor kicking ranking. So a lot of, a lot of questions on the board about, you know, well, what makes a five-star kicker? Or, you know, I saw some that had him as a four-and-a-half-star kicker. Uh, so they have other rankings for for kickers and punters and and uh, long snappers. But uh, well-respected 
in the uh, in the kicking realm is uh, Mr. Costa. So I think this is a this is a big time get um, out of Mandeville, Louisiana. Um, he said he hasn't. He, the only time he's been to Oxford was for a soccer camp a couple years ago. Uh, he plays soccer, football, and baseball. Uh, but he said whenever he can get up to Oxford, he's looking forward to it. He says uh, he uh, he's not sure if he'll graduate early because Neil, I don't know if you saw, he uh, four point one GPA and a thirty on the ACT. Yeah, saw that. So pretty good. Saw so, that. Uh, so he could probably graduate early if he wanted to and report in January. He said uh, he's not sure if he'll do that yet. He said kind of depends on what the season, if the season happens. You know, if he's going to be playing his senior season. Is he going to take it slow, relax, and be a senior, or is he going to try to speed up the process and get to Oxford? But um, I think it's a good, uh, really good pickup. I mean, they they got uh, Lab Gerhardt last year in, in last year's class, the kid from uh, from JA, who was another five star kicker according to the services. So uh, yeah, Costa is a uh, Costa. I, I need to ask him how he says his last name, but uh, yeah, he can he can boom it for sure. Interesting stuff. There's a, So we covered a lot of ground. I just saw where, uh, as we wrap up, Pete Thamel just tweeted that uh, there's a growing sentiment. I've been saying this for a while. Growing sentiment among some college coaches to, hey, let's wait and let the NFL get started with camp before we do, which I think is going to happen. And the fact that the NFL is not going to have preseason games what the Pac-12 is doing, I'll just say this. I've had a few minutes to kind of think about it. What the Pac-12 is doing, and I think it's the same thing that the Big Ten is doing, pushing that season back to the weekend of, what would you say Saturday is the 19th? Saturday the 19th, I think. Mm-hmm. Pushing the season back to that date lets the NFL play a week one of games. Right. Let's the NFL play a week of games. Let's the NFL have training camp. Let's the NFL play a week of games. It lets you start by and being able to say, "Hey, they're the pros. They did it. We can we can do it too." I I still think that is the most, um, from a litigation standpoint, probably the smart thing. From a PR standpoint, from PC standpoint, probably the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll I'll finish with this: Major League Baseball starts tonight, and if you're not cheering for all thirty teams. Don't yeah, don't I'm, don't give me the mask mask speech and then tell me you're you're not keeping up with Major League Baseball. You you can do that with the NBA or the NHL or the MLS because they're in bubbles. Right. Major League Baseball's not in a bubble. And if you're not cheering for all 30 Major League Baseball teams, you're not doing it right this year. You need them you need them to play these games tonight. Nationals, Yankees, Dodgers, Giants, then the other teams start tomorrow. You need these games to go off without a hitch. You need you need players to not get positives, or if they have positive, it's it's an isolated positive that they can they can separate from the rest of the team. You need these teams to play. You need the Blue Jays to find a place to play and to 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 be able to play a season. You need to be cheering for Major League Baseball. That's that's my soapbox from a sports standpoint. It's yeah. it's big because if if Major League Baseball has some monumental setback here in a couple of weeks, boy, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the NFL on college football to go. This doesn't work. But it, conversely, if they you know today's July the twenty second, twenty third, they start tonight. If if in two weeks 
Major League Baseball, all the teams have played 12, 13 games each. They've all played games at home. They've all played games on the road. and Everything's kind of moving along swimmingly. It's going to be real easy for college football to say, hey, you know what? In August, we can kind of create a bubble. School yeah. hasn't started yet. We can bring kids to campus. We can have camps. We can we can test. We can do all that stuff. We can kind of watch where they are. We can control them to some degree. We can do this, and the NFL's doing it. That's the path towards us all getting the ending that we want. Yeah, I, I was going to say last couple of things. If you're cheering for people in Major League Baseball, I would I would like for people to cheer for Yasiel Puig to get better and to uh, after quarantining for 14 days to test negative for COVID and for the Braves to to think about signing him again because I need an outfield that has Ronald Acuna Jr. Marcel Zuna and Yasiel Puig because that would be a lot of fun. It'd be um, an interesting outfield. Yeah, and then last thing, did you see the Nuggets line up at one point in that game yesterday? Uh, I didn't. Carson had soccer. We had to go. He was watching some of it before we left. I was I was doing a I did a Peloton ride and then immediately took him to soccer, and so I did not see the Nuggets game. I watched a lot of the game before that game. All right, so let me tell you the lineup here. So. Uh, our our good buddy Bunky Perkins uh, quote tweeted John Hollinger's tweet and he has dubbed it death lineup. Okay. Uh, the guards, Jokic and Jeremy Grant. At guard. At guard. Okay. Full, the forwards are Bull Bull and Paul Millsap. Okay. And then Mason Plumley at center. That's insane. So I believe the smallest guy in that lineup is, is Jeremy Grant. And what is he? Six nine? Uh, yeah, Jeremy Grant's probably six eight and a half, six nine, probably about two thirty, two thirty five, with a, a a build that we all would kill for. <laughs> so that's just like hilarious to see that. Can you get over um, how good Jokic looks? Ah, oh, I mean he he was playing guard yesterday, like he's been playing guard his whole life. He went from kind of being chunky. He's always been a great athlete. I mean, he's a great NBA player, but he went from being kind of chunky to. Yeah. He looks like a tennis player out there. Yeah, it looks great. So here it is. Seven footer at guard in, in Jokic. And you got Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, both six eight. Bull Bowl is out there at seven two running the floor. And then Plumley. He's six ten, six eleven. Six eleven. Yeah. So just crazy. That is crazy. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, and cheering for them too. I mean, they're in the bubble and it looks like that's going yeah. going to go well from a virus standpoint. Let, I'm not touching all the other stuff right now, but the, it looks like from a virus standpoint, it's, the, the, the bubble is, is, is really clean. So uh, good luck to everybody. Good luck to your baseball team. Good luck to my baseball team. Good luck to all the baseball teams as we uh, hit the stretch where really there's no margin for error anymore. So um, if you stuck with us through this entire thing, we appreciate it. I know we touched on a lot of different deals and we got into recruiting and out of recruiting and back through, but that's just kind of the way it is right now at the end of July. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxy. Don't forget promo code Rebel Grove gets you 30% off at deadsoxy.com. Until next time, for Zach Barry, I'm Neil McCready. Take care. <laughs>